And joining us on the huddle today is David Farah, Kiwi blog and courier pollster, and also Mike Munro, former Labour Chief of Staff and Director at Mike Munro Communications. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. Have you got that? Hello? hello. Ah, there we are. There's a little bit of a delay there, Michael. Big story, is, big story is God of Sharma has resigned, triggering a by-election. He says, watch this space regarding a new party. And he also says uh, that uh, they were going to waka jump him. David, what did you make of it all? Um, not totally surprising because I think he was never going to just stay as a quiet backbench independent MP for a year. So this is his chance to try and keep his profile up. Um, I don't think he's going to win the, the by-election. I'd be very surprised. But what will be very interesting is how much support does he get and who does he take votes off? Well, you're the pollster. Do you really believe that with a year to go before an election, he could ever actually get votes for a party where he has to find 500? I mean, it's a very big hill he has to climb. No, he's not going to win the by-election and no party set up a year. In fact, the only party that's ever broken into Parliament that didn't already have some MPs there was ACT. It's a very hard job to get 5%. Yeah. So... Um, I wouldn't spend a lot of time focusing no. on it. Okay, well, I'll get Mike Munro's thoughts on this now. Mike Munro, welcome to the programme. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. How are you? Good. The uh, Gaurav Sharma situation. Yeah, well, look, it's very unfortunate that he's now decided to jump. It's going to cost the taxpayer you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to have a by-election, uh, probably just before Christmas, when people have got their minds on other things. Um, look, I, I think... You know, somebody should have leant upon him to actually just sit it out, to sit it out until the until the end of the term. He's not going to win the by-election. He's not going to be coming back to Parliament. All he's going to do is waste taxpayers' time and money. Michael, I think the problem with Gurov is that he's always felt lent upon, and he doesn't like being lent upon. No, that's very true. But he also came into Parliament with some highfalutin ideas. I, I just think that he. He never adapted to the rather you know, abrasive sort of atmosphere that um, backbench MPs have to put up with the Parliament. That's just the way things are. Um, and there's, there's evidence that he was not a very good manager himself, um, the way he treated his own staff. It, look, he just wasn't suited to the place. He's probably right. better off out of it. It is fair to... Well, I actually said that to him just about 20 minutes ago. I said, well, why don't you go be a doctor and make a lot of money and ha- not have this hassle? But it's quite Precisely. true, David. He, he, has, he has a higher calling. He wants, to, he wants to start a party that is beyond left and right, that actually gets something done. And you can't complain about that. He's a man on a mission, um, absolutely. But you know, everyone wants to be a centrist party, but the reality is those parties often, unless they've got a Winston-type figure leading them, get half a percent or one percent because people actually like the parties where they know what they're going to get um, there. What will be interesting is regardless of it probably would be better not to have to spend the money on one, there is now a by-election and... If Labour loses the seat, and I'm not saying they will, for they've got six and a half thousand majority, but if they do, that's not going to be great gain into election no, year having lost the seat. Absolutely. So there is a possibility of great damage here. So it's not like he's doing nothing. And I thank you. You're back with the huddle. The time is now 12 minutes to six. We have David Farrer here. We have Mike Munro here. Gentlemen, yesterday an independent report found that Middlemore Hospital's emergency department is unsafe and dysfunctional, and it all stems from the hospital being overcrowded. 
Uh, Middlemore staff themselves seem to be uh, getting sick of the government, always saying hospital short staffing is COVID-related. We're going to be talking to the Australasian Medical Council at 5.35, but what do you reckon is going on at Middlemore and all our hospitals, Mike? Well, I think what is going on at our hospitals is that they are clearly still uh, under, under pressure because of the pandemic. Um, but also, we've just had the worst flu seasons, uh, worst flu season, I should say, for many years. You know, the pressures in June and July were absolutely enormous, and I think we're seeing the impact of that at this stage. Um, look, it's, it's, a, it's a problem that's shared by many other countries at present. Uh, recruiting uh, health, health uh, workers yeah. is a challenge for the Australians, for the British, for ourselves. It's, it's just a problem that, you know... Well, Mike, um, you see, that, see I, I would totally agree with you if it wasn't for the fact that I used to do these stories four and maybe five years ago because all of our hospitals have been desperately overcrowded for a very long time because we've yep. uh, added a million people to our population in the last 20 years. Yeah, and it's not as though the government hasn't been throwing a huge amount of money in the last few years. I mean, this government has increased by about 45% the amount of uh, money it's putting into public health. There's a, there's a $7 billion building program going on underway at present, according to the health minister. I mean, the, 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 that is massive infrastructural uh, gain. And, and so, I mean, things are happening, but the demand is, at the same time is going up and up. So, All right, David, uh, David what, what do you reckon's happening? Uh, David's turn. What do, you, what do you reckon about what's happening at Middle War? Look, well, in health generally, there's always what you call unmet demand. You could double the health budget overnight and there still be pressures in the system. But what you can do, and I'll be a bit political here, and the former government did, is they set some health targets. And one of them was, we want 95% of ED patients to be seen within six hours. Previously, it was only around 70% were, and they actually got that up to 94%. So if you actually do have good leadership and you say here's a few areas where we want you all to focus on, you can actually achieve things. And sadly, the current government throw out those health targets. And I think we've seen that almost all those indicators get worse despite increased funding because actually it's useful to have the minister to actually hold a blowtorch to them to say you're not meeting the target. In fact, Ryle used to publish full-page ads in the newspaper saying which DHBs we're on track and not on track. So I think yeah, yeah. you've okay. got these international factors, but I do think there's more the government can do. All right. Uh, the inflation. Well, it certainly didn't go down as much as people were hoping. It's still up there. It's down a little bit. But this is a rough number to hear, and people are starting to talk about 75 basis points. So what do you reckon about the economy, Mike? Well, look, I think there is a glimmer of sort of hope and good news in that announcement today. At least it hasn't gone up anymore. I know uh, a, a fall from 7.3 to 7.2 is, is, is peanuts, but, but at least we can uh, you know, revel in the fact that it's, it's levelled off. Now, we're the only country where inflation has come down, albeit by a tiny amount. Uh, the Australians are still seeing it increasing. Some of other countries like the UK and America. So uh, there is something to be celebrated there. Um, but, you know, the pressures are still there. Um, the reasons for the 2.2% mm. rise housing, construction, cost rentals. I mean, all those things are still happening. So we shouldn't, you know, get too excited yeah. that we should acknowledge that we have well, to... But the question is, David, David, the question is, should the OCR go up 75 basis points? Should interest rates rocket to the roof? Um, they, they have to, uh, effectively, because the markets weren't expecting such a small drop. They were all thinking it was going to be 0.5 or bigger. 
And this is really spooked them. That's why we've seen such movements today. And the other factor in there is we like to look at other countries and say, well, some of this is international factors. But what you call non-tradable inflation, the stuff that's not affected, was also still pretty high, I think 6.5%. When you take that combined, the Reserve Bank's going to be looking at this and saying, we've now been above the 3% band for two years almost. We really have to go hard to get it down uh, back to under 3%. They're not going to do it within 12 months. But if they don't get it down within a reasonable period of time, it becomes permanent. People think they're never going to achieve it. It is such a balancing act. Who would be in the Reserve Bank right now? And I thank you both, David Farrar and Mike Munro. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.